The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In business today, success isn't just about the sale. It's about authentic communication that serves your audience in a meaningful way. This is the Soul Shill Hour with Francis Leary. In our program, we'll explore how to stay true to your core values, tell your story, engage your audience, and drive business growth. Now, here is your host, Francis Leary. Hello there, friends. You are listening to The Social Hour. I'm your host, Francis Leary, and I'm so glad to be here with you today. This is our very first show, and for those of you listening, that it's really a privilege to be with you today. You can reach me online at radio at francisleary.com, and please make sure to connect with me. Just look for Francis Leary, all one word, on every platform, and you will find me. So today is our first show, like I said. And when I was working with my producer, Winston Price, who is absolutely amazing, to plan this first show, he said, Francis, this show should be all about you because every business has a great story. And behind every business, there is a business leader with a great story, and you need to tell your story. So when he said that, kind of freaked out because that meant, oh my goodness, I have to talk about myself for an hour. And while it's some, sometimes that kind of seems like, great, I get to talk about myself for an hour, seems a little bit of a daunting task. So I'm really excited to share my story with you, what brought me here. I'm also very excited that today I have a special guest with me who can help me tell my story. So on today's show with me is Lori Dolhan, who is from... Well, actually, she is from all over. Right now, she lives in Ketch Harbor, Nova Scotia. She's actually a New Jersey girl and then moved to the Yukon. So both of us met as Americans living in Nova Scotia, and I just fell absolutely in love with her. She is one of my very dear friends, a very respected advisor, someone I trust a great deal. And she knows my stories um, almost as well as I do. So I can't imagine someone better to have on the show with me. So um, I want to welcome Lori to the show. Thank you for being here with me, Lori. Thank you so much for having me, Francis. And good morning, everyone. (laughs) I am just so glad you're here. Something else that uh, I'm so excited about that you're doing, Lori, you work with triple bottom line companies and nonprofits, and you are so uh, full of life and um, supporting organizations that really um, just strive for potential and possibility. And right now you're working with a certified B corporation called Datavan, and you're helping them launch a storytelling platform, which is so fitting. It's called Cultural Codex. So um, I'm super excited about having someone who's helping to launch this awesome storytelling platform here with me. And you're a storyteller yourself. Lori has a blog and a business called Hook, Line, Tinker, and you can find her online 
online by searching Hookline Tinker on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, and also visiting her website, hooklinetinker.com. So she is the magical genius behind Hookline Tinker, as well as a great supporter of telling stories. So I'm so excited, Lori. Thank you. Uh, again, thanks so much for having me, and it's, it's really an honor to be here on your first show, um, especially since I actually get to ask you questions, and some of the questions <laughs> are things that in all our years of, of knowing each other, um, has, some of them have been a little bit of a mystery, because when we had met um, five years ago, you had already had a lot of miles behind you, and you've been around, oh, you've lived a lot of places, too. Um, and as a girl from New Jersey, I was always wondering what little Francis in Texas was actually like. <laughs> well, little Francis in Texas, as my mother would say, she was a strong-willed child. That is how my mom would put it. And as I look at my daughter now, I can totally see where she gets it. So my my strong-willed child was the one who organized all the kids in line in kindergarten before we could go to lunch and, you know, stood up to anybody in the classroom who was telling me not to do something. So I was very much um, able to stand up for myself, and I had a very strong voice as a child. I was not afraid of anything, which is pretty interesting because as we progress into more of my story, um, I lost that voice for a while. And part of that, it has really gotten me to where I am now. But another thing about me, other than just being really strong-willed and independent, is that I was such a believer and I still am. This is really um, a core part of who I am. I have just so much faith in goodness and possibilities, and I am that eternal optimist. Although when I stood up in front of a group of people recently and was introducing myself, I called myself a realist because in my reality, the reality that I create for myself, I get to create that positive environment and that positive experience around me all the time. So yes, I'm an optimist and I choose to believe in all of these amazing possibilities. And that's what I create for myself. It's interesting that you talk about standing up in front of a room full of people. Cause when we first, when we first met, you were giving a presentation um, and you were standing in, in full of a, a pa- completely packed room and you made it look so effortless and you actually seemed like you liked it. And for someone who's so <laughs> nervous speaking in front of large groups of people, I just, there was a certain energy um, that came from you when you were speaking in front of people. And I, I always wondered um, how that, you know, how speaking um, affects you and what it is about it that, that, you, that you like. I think, I mean, for me, I just, it came so naturally when I was little, or at least from my own memory. Um, Maybe my parents would say something different. Um, I love to be in front of people. I love to sing. I was singing from an early age. I had great conversations. And um, I think an interesting story in my very early life, um, I was um, the firstborn in my family, and my sister was born about two and a half years later. And during those early years, I was never alone because my whole imagination was filled with with friends 
and other people around me. So I had my parents and yet I had all of these other friends as well. So I had the family of bunnies, uh, blue bunnies, I believe that lived in my closet. And then I had a special friend called Nor for Or. And Nor for Or um, was always with me. And so it was like having an imaginary friend. And nor for or left me um, about the time my sister came around. But my parents told me I talked about nor for or all the time. And years later, I had memories um, still about this person, nor for or coming to me and, and being with me all the time. So my father is actually an Episcopal priest, so which explains part of my my always being around uh, faith and having such having that is such a strong part of my life. And this was years later, I was much older, and he was doing some research, I think for one of his sermons, and studying um, some medieval texts, and came across references to Nor for Or. And Nor for Or in these texts was an angel who comes to children who are alone. So that pretty much like blew him and my mom away, I think, at the time, and they were amazed. And that wasn't the only reference, though. A few years later, he was doing some other research, and again, totally different uh, reference materials, came across this nor for or and uh, as an angel. So pretty early on, I was surrounded by um, entities or friends or what have you that just allowed me to talk talk, 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 talk all of the time. And while I was talking, really um, grow my faith as well. Another really cool thing about um, being a little kid in a household just filled with uh, just positive beliefs all the time, which is, and I know this is going to be pretty weird to some of you, but um, I believe in totally miraculous things happening because I have seen them. I know that they're true. I was this kid like when I was four years old or so, I cried because I never wore Band-Aids. And I was like the only kid that never wore Band-Aids because every other kid would fall and scrape their knee or what have you, and they would get to wear Band-Aids. And I didn't because in my house, we fell and um, then we would pray for my scrape or whatever it was, and it would be gone. So I never got to wear Band-Aids. So my grandma would send me all of these Band-Aids so that I could put them on and feel like I was like the other kids. So these, these experiences that I had in my life um, are, have really informed me as I've grown up and laid a foundation for who I am now. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, and as a storyteller, because uh, I know that you're a storyteller, I just love those. I love hearing those stories. And now I know why you have the coolest Band-Aids. Or why, you know, here, it, you always had the coolest band-aids around the house. Mm-hmm. When my son would come over, he'd, I think he would hurt himself on purpose. So, <laughs> um, and, and I'm wondering, when did the music come? The music came in really early. I think I was four when I was sitting down at the piano and I just started playing, you know, picking out things by ear, things that I had heard um, at church or um, other people play. So that was something that evolved really early in my life. I started writing music and playing the piano. I started singing and performing in church. And um, that was just, just absolutely built into who I was. And I, as I got older, I found that that space 
was the space that I um, felt totally 100% safe in. I think as happens to a lot of us, as we get older, we, you know, our faith starts to be tested and we start to lose doubt in ourself. And that's what I did. I kind of turned inside myself. And in fact, years later, I would write a song about that very thing, how I was kind of hiding inside myself. And the music and the performance and the speaking was that one place that I was totally myself. I could get on a stage and I could, uh, I could sing or I could talk to people. And in that time, there was no fear. There was nothing except total freedom and being myself. Everywhere else, though, I got kind of lost. So, you know, I, I grew up, I went to high school, I went to university to study music, um, and then decided that while I loved music, maybe this isn't the forever thing. So then I became a teacher, which I absolutely loved. Um, I did, though, continue with my music uh, during that time. I joined a band with two other awesome musicians, and we put out a couple of CDs. We started performing in Texas and was a really positive time in my life because I was able to use my music in an ongoing way. And again, that space was where I really felt like 100% myself. So it was really, really special. And during all of this time, though, I knew that that there was something else. So I was teaching, I was singing and performing, and yet there was always part of me that said, there's something else out there. And I was kind of wondering what that was. So as I was in my, um, actually I was traveling with my sister. So this was after university. We were um, traveling, we were backpacking in Europe, and I was at a train station, and I saw this little girl. So she was in, we were sitting in the train, and she was in a train on the other side, and kind of looking out, and she had her fingers pressed against the glass, and her nose pressed against the glass, and I just saw in her everything that I felt within myself about wanting more. So I wrote this song called Beyond a Window. And it's really about looking out there and seeing all of the possibilities and wanting more for yourself. So we are about to head to a short little break here. And as we go out to the break, I wanted to share with you guys that song called uh, Beyond a Window. And then after that, we will see Lori and myself again after a short break. to grow 
ready to take your business to the next level? Wired Flare's unique approach to online marketing inspires meaningful conversations that drive business growth. They tell stories that champion ethical business, build community, and generate impact. Wired Flare integrates your core values into your brand messaging. They use content marketing to tell your story and social media to engage your audience. They use inbound marketing to attract more visitors, generate more leads, and convert more customers. Visit wiredflare.com. Tell your story online. Frances Leary is an award-winning entrepreneur and international storyteller. Her stories champion big ideas and generate big impact. Have Frances speak to and inspire your organization or train and consult with your team. 
She speaks internationally and aids top-tier professionals in marketing, entrepreneurship, online strategy, technology and education, and authentic communication. Frances Leary inspires and educates audiences with her passionate and purpose-filled keynotes and presentations. Visit FrancisLeary.com. Empower your team today. You are listening to The Soul Show Hour with Frances Leary. Connect with the program today by calling us at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to radio at francisleary.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. It's great to have you here with me and with our guest, Lori Dolhan. Before we move on with continuing my story, I just wanted to shout out to Kyle Pearson and Dean Lawrence, who were members of Stone's Throw. Uh, that's the band that we had and where we uh, uh, put out the song Beyond a Window that you guys heard before the break. And uh, that was a really awesome part of my life. So thanks to both of you for being part of it. So now, welcome back, Lori. Thanks for being here with us. Thank you again. So, Francis, we just, um, before the break, we heard about um, the importance of music in your life and that you had become a teacher. What was the next part of your adventure? So I knew that, you know, I wanted something else and I had been teaching for five years and I was using stories and folklore a lot in my classroom. And it was just about teaching my students, um, helping them to understand multiple worldviews. So when you're learning anything about history or you're studying literature about um, understanding and looking for ways to incorporate different people's stories in the process. So not looking at history from just one way, but really trying to understand how, how different people were affected and realize that all of these different uh, perspectives exist in the world. So as I thought about, you know, what's that next step for me, I knew that I wanted to go to graduate school and wasn't quite sure for what. Um, I did consider the music thing for a short time. I went to Nashville and thought, oh, could I do this for, you know, forever? Could I quit everything else and just do this? And it just, it wasn't the right thing for me. So I thought folklore that's it. This is what I want to study. And there are only a handful of universities in North America that have advanced degrees in folklore. So um, there's one in Indiana, there's North Carolina, there's one in Texas. And I was actually on one of my planning periods during my teaching day looking for options. And I came across the Memorial University of Newfoundland. I literally was jumping up and down in my classroom so excited about the potential to go to northeastern Canada and live in somewhere so different and so sort of other from what I was used to. So that's what I did. I moved to Newfoundland. Like I moved. I moved my entire like apartment and everything because I'd been living on my own for a while. Um, it was this awesome experience. It was the first time for me to live by myself in an apartment, which I think really everyone should do. Um, and one thing about me going up there was that, uh, I had no interest, no interest whatsoever in, uh, meeting a man. Like I was like done with men, I think at this time. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to move up here. I'm going to focus on my studies and, uh, that's it. 
And sure enough, I joined a band because that's what you do in Newfoundland. And we were singing sort of Newfoundland folk tunes. And our guitar player was this handsome man from Winnipeg, Manitoba. And we did not like each other at first, or at least I'm pretty sure he didn't like me because um, at our first band practice, I told him his guitar was out of tune and he did not have a nice look for me, but somehow he got over it. Um, because eventually, well, actually not soon thereafter, there was a blizzard as there are in Newfoundland sometimes. And we were at band practice and stuck in a blizzard. And I guess I could say the rest is history because we fell in love. I ended up marrying this man and with him, I have moved all over North America. So that was this amazing, uh, part of my journey in, in Newfoundland, now, the other part of that journey is the what I studied, my folklore. And, you know, I went through a lot of options looking for different things to explore. And what I fell in love with was, was like story and legend. Because really, folklore, the way I understand it, is the communication of belief systems. It's it's not just story. Story is one aspect. It's art. It's dance. It's it's everything that cultures use to communicate their belief systems to others. And I was in New Orleans walking down the street. Uh, this was, I think, one summer. And I saw this book in the window that said The Honey Island Swamp Monster. And I said, oh, this is interesting. The Honey Island Swamp Monster, what's that? So I picked it up. It is this humanoid primate that is reported to exist in the uh, swamps of Mississippi and Louisiana. So I thought, well, what better thing to study than this, you know, Bigfoot type creature that lives in the swamp. So that's exactly what I did for my thesis. So I went down and I lived in near the swamp. I didn't live in the swamp. <laughs> that might've been a little too much for my Texas uh, girl. Um, I lived near the swamp for a month and I met all of these amazing people who had reported to see and, you know, have encounters with this creature. And the Honey Island Swamp Monster is actually a gray, gray fur, yellow eyes, not quite as tall as the traditional Bigfoot, and it has three uh, toes. So I collected all of these stories. I bought the plaster cast footprints and the t-shirts and all of that kind of stuff. And I also saw the way that these people were packaging these stories in order to turn a profit. And my thesis became a study of that. How do you use story, and in this case specifically stories of the Honey Island Swamp Monster, and and market them in order to generate revenue? So I had no idea at the time, but I was laying my foundation at that point for the future. So I didn't really do anything with it then. Um, I finished grad school, got married to Dell. We lived in Winnipeg for a while. Then we lived in Mississippi. Our daughter was born in Mississippi. And then we moved up to Halifax in, um, I guess, about eight or nine years ago. And I published my first book in the meantime. So there were all of these parts of of the journey, of my journey that I was experiencing. And in the background, there was just this folklore thing kind of uh, sitting there waiting, waiting for me to do something else 
with it. So when I moved to Halifax, I had that opportunity in a way I would have never, ever expected. And I look forward to telling you that story at the end of this break. But I see that we are coming up on one. So please stay with us. And I will continue my story on the other side of two minutes. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Frances Leary is an award-winning entrepreneur and international storyteller. Her stories champion big ideas and generate big impact. Have Frances speak to and inspire your organization or train and consult with your team. She speaks internationally and aids top-tier professionals in marketing, entrepreneurship, online strategy, technology and education, and authentic communication. Frances Leary inspires and educates audiences with her passionate and purpose-filled keynotes and presentations. Visit FrancisLeary.com. Empower your team today. Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Wired Flare's unique approach to online marketing inspires meaningful conversations that drive business growth. They tell stories that champion ethical business, build community, and generate impact. Wired Flare integrates your core values into your brand messaging. They use content marketing to tell your story and social media to engage your audience. They use inbound marketing to attract more visitors, generate more leads, and convert more customers. Visit wiredflare.com. Tell your story online. You are listening to The Soul Shall Hour with Francis Leary. Connect with the program today by calling us at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to radio at francisleary.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. It's so great to have you here with us. And I'm so excited to have Lori Dolhan, our special guest, here with us again today. Thank you for being here, Lori. Thank you again, Francis. So, Francis, um, you were just telling us about the Honey Island Swamp Monster, which, as a girl from New Jersey with an appreciation for the Jersey Devil um, and all those <laughs> stories, I can appreciate your interest in a a large, gray, yellow-eyed, three-toed creature. Um, <laughs> so how did you made your way from Mississippi to Halifax, Nova Scotia? Mm-hmm. Yes. So we came up there for uh, Dell's work. And at the time, I was a an American. I didn't have my permanent residence in Canada. I couldn't work yet. So I was looking for what I could do. And um, something happened with our daughter earlier on that sort of led me into the direction that I would go. When she was like three months old, she developed sort of the scaly, rashy, weird stuff all over. You might call it eczema or something if you saw it. It was like all over her body. And I tried like everything. I switched to natural like uh, skincare products and I, I cleaned out all of our, um, you know, the house things that we were using, like laundry detergents. Um, now the doctors unfortunately only said, oh, here's some steroid cream. And I was not going to use that on my three-month-old baby. So it took a little time, 
What I figured out though, was that all of the products in our home had all of these, well, many products that people use in their home have toxins and our, our people can have reactions to those. And that was what was happening with her. So I basically cleared out everything and I switched to using all natural, like home care products, everything from like cleaning windows and cleaning carpets, just everything. I got rid of all of the other stuff in my house and she cleared up. So I started doing online marketing in the health and wellness industry to promote these products, natural care products that I believed in. And the only way that I could do it at the time was online. I couldn't hold a, uh, a traditional job until I was, you know, had my permanent residence about, which came about six months later. My plan was always to start teaching again. And that just never happened. So I started using online skills and developing my online skills for marketing. And I connected with this awesome network of moms in uh, Nova Scotia, really a supportive environment of, of women in business. And the more I got to know them as I was talking with them about the importance of choosing healthy products and natural products for their homes, they started asking me, well, how are you doing this whole online marketing thing? Like, what are you doing? How do you get people to your website? What are you writing about? Like, what is this blogging thing? And social media at this time was like brand new. So I saw an opportunity to start helping some of these other women in business and teaching them the things that I had learned. Um, so that's kind of what I did. And then after doing a bit of training for a while, I realized there's a real opportunity here to, to switch gears altogether and open a business that does this. And that's what I did. So I started Wired Flare in 2011. And I made this amazing connection at the time that Folklore being the communication of belief systems and cultural belief systems. Marketing, the communication of company belief systems and core values. So our company is really founded on that principle that we're just helping people tell great stories that dig down and get to the bottom of who they really are. Because... For me, I mean, business isn't this separate thing that exists. It's totally integrated with everything else that we are. And like all my life, well, since I had been little, I was searching for the more, right? What was that more in my life? And when I moved up to Halifax, I discovered that the more in my life I was looking for was really just me. It was really prioritizing me and discovering my own self and loving my own self and spending time with my own self. And that was this real revelation um, because as a young adult, I never gave voice to who I really was inside. I kept, I kept all of that to myself. The only time I was myself was when I was, when I was singing or when I was like in, in public in front of people, because then I was, I was free, as I said before, but I never did it in my everyday life. I just kept so much of myself inside. And when I moved to Halifax, 
I figured that out. I found myself again. I found like me inside and it wasn't like anything magic. It was really, well, it was magic, but it was, it was just me. It was me and who I wanted to be and who I was and how I wanted to make a difference in the world. And what I realized is, was that I wanted to help others give voice and stand out because I had been so afraid to do that as a young person. So with our clients, we do that. We give voice to what matters to them. We work with organizations that truly want to make a difference in the world. And we find a way to communicate that really inspires those meaningful conversations and generates positive impact in the lives of others. So it, it was a long road getting to that point and opening up the doors of Wired Flare. Um, and once I got there, wow, it has been an amazing, amazing journey since then. So the social is the meaning, the meaning, like what, where did you come up with the name for the social hour? That's, uh, I love that question. Thank you. So social for me, um, I came up with this term probably year one into the business. So we'd been open for about a year and I got to this point where, um, you know, I had employees and we were uh, growing and I lost touch with what was really important in the business. I was so focused on growing, 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 and maybe revenue generating that I lost that touch point, which was really like myself and my soul in the business. And once I discovered that, it kind of hit me in the face. (laughs) It was like, oh, I took my eye off the ball. I haven't really been in touch with my business. So we shifted things. Um, my, you know, my employee left and while that was difficult, that was the best thing. And then some, you know, someone else came on and we started working with different other, you know, freelancers and supporters. And I defined this methodology or this process for the organization and for everyone who would work with us. And it's basically for me, I'm sure other organizations have different words for it, but this social process for me is that every part of me has to be present in what I'm doing. It is a mind, body, spirit approach to doing business. And it's approach to not just being in that for ourselves, but when we're doing work for our clients, it's about being that way for them, being so present in mind, body, spirit for our clients that we can be them. We can give them their voice we can be so committed to telling their story that that passion and their purpose really shines through everything that we're doing. So in our, like in our, you know, manuals for our employees and everything, we have this process written out and it's part of, you know, speaking, like centering ourselves before we do our work, really keeping every client in mind. And every employee has a bit of a different process for doing this. So it's not something that works in the same way for everyone. However, I know for our organization, once I recognize that sort of a team member isn't really attached in that way, there really isn't a place for them anymore with Wired Flare. And I, I sometimes 
you know, will catch myself and I'll say, okay, Francis, your soul, where is it right now? And I have to pull myself back and get myself centered again and really be present in the work that we're doing for our clients. So for me, that in a nutshell is the social process and how um, I came to sort of define that term. And then it really relates to absolutely everything that we do. I mean, all of our communication online, the whole point of having a conversation in the social space is to have, well, for me, it's to have a positive impact in the lives of others. So that's how we treat all of our online communication as social online communication, um, not just social conversing. I find it really interesting that you ended up in, you know, when you, when you moved from Halifax, you ended up in Colorado, which is <laughs> this, this like thriving, has this thriving B Corp community, um, community there, but you were B Corp when you were here. So, um, for anyone perhaps that's not familiar with B Corp, um, I, I personally think they're the international standard, like, uh, like, like fair trade is for coffee, like they said, for um, accountability and transparency, social impact, treatment of workers, environmental sustainability. And I think that, you know, particularly here in the East Coast, you were a real leader in that area by becoming B Corp certified. What does that mean for you as a company? So for us, I think when, when I founded the company, we were doing all of these good things. Like we were devoting so much of our time towards helping nonprofits. We had environmental uh, policies in place. You know, we were all about uh, doing good for others and for the environment through all of our work. So I had never heard of this whole B Corporation thing, I think probably until I met you. And it was just a light bulb that kind of went off like, oh, why aren't we certified? We should be. And it was just like the natural next step because we were doing all of these great things already in our organization. So to become B Corp certified was our way of, you know, telling the world that we believe in corporate social responsibility and also setting a measuring stick for ourselves so that we would always be accountable for our own company actions and to ensure that we are continuously striving to do more on a regular basis to improve the environment, to improve the impact that we have on the lives of others. So moving to Colorado, where I came last year, so Wired Flare is still based in Halifax, Nova Scotia, and I moved with my family to Colorado. And you've got to love this whole online business thing because really, I can work from anywhere, which is awesome. So we've opened up another branch of the company here. And Colorado is this very rich community of B corporations and of organizations that are committed to corporate social responsibility. It's been quite inspiring to be part of them. And I know I'll, I will be having some Colorado B Corps on the radio show at later times. It's like we went to a volunteer event a couple weeks back and just being around so many people that are so committed to the same things, just really using their organizations for a positive difference. It's very empowering and a really powerful experience. So I feel very lucky to have moved down to Colorado and to be here now. And I look forward to helping Halifax and Nova Scotia and Colorado and the rest of the world, you know, increase in the B corporations and, and inspire more and more organizations to do that. And just to continue our commitment 
to always making a positive difference in the lives of others. That's good business. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is. And I think that that's why the social hour, right? Because I want this radio show really to inspire others to want to use their business for good and to find strategies that when maybe they don't feel in alignment with things, how do they get that back? How do they get that that passion back and their purpose? And how do you really design a company around values such as that so that you can build a team of people who are so committed to your company core values that everything really just thrives from there. So that is what the social hour is all about. And I see that we are about to go into a break. So I really look forward to hearing all of you again on the other side of two minutes. Please stay with us. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Wired Flare's unique approach to online marketing inspires meaningful conversations that drive business growth. They tell stories that champion ethical business, build community, and generate impact. Wired Flare integrates your core values into your brand messaging. They use content marketing to tell your story and social media to engage your audience. They use inbound marketing to attract more visitors, generate more leads, and convert more customers. Visit wiredflare.com. Tell your story online. Frances Leary is an award-winning entrepreneur and international storyteller. Her stories champion big ideas and generate big impact. Have Frances speak to and inspire your organization or train and consult with your team. She speaks internationally and aids top-tier professionals in marketing, entrepreneurship, online strategy, technology and education, and authentic communication. Frances Leary inspires and educates audiences with her passionate and purpose-filled keynotes and presentations. Visit FrancisLeary.com. Empower your team today. You are listening to The Soul Shall Hour with Frances Leary. Connect with the program today by calling us at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to radio at francisleary.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone, to the Social Hour, and thank you so much for staying with us today, and thank you to Lori Dolhan for being with us for this show. So, Francis, we have been in Texas. We have <laughs> traveled from Texas all the way up to um, Newfoundland, <laughs> then down to Mississippi, and then uh, and then back up to Canada into um, into Nova Scotia. And now you're in Colorado. So there's been a lot of a lot of adventure and miles in there. What are the key <laughs> What are the key kind of takeaways from your experience? so far in your travels? Um, Well, I would say that um, the big turning point for me was really discovering myself and discovering how important it is to love myself, to appreciate myself, because really from that stems everything else. My company would not be thriving if I was not 
if I wasn't present, if I didn't love myself, and if that didn't really exude through my company, I wouldn't have what I needed to love my family if I didn't love myself. And in fact, there's a great story. When my daughter was um, little, she was probably around four, maybe, maybe a little bit older, maybe five. So this was a really tough question she posed to me. She said, Mommy, who do you love best? Me or daddy or you? And I was like, whoa. So I did what every mother probably does. And I said, I love all of us. And she was having none of it. Like she was like, no, you got to pick one. And so here I am and like really feeling this pressure. And it would have been so easy for me to say, Bryn, I love you, you know, most of all. Um, And that wasn't my answer. Um, My answer was that, well, I guess... I love me because if I love me, there's so much more of me to give to you, to love you and to love your dad and to love everybody else. And if I don't love me, then none of that can happen. And I really can't love you the way that I need to and I want to. So that her asking me that really sort of sent it home to me that I have come home to myself. I have learned to embrace myself, to prioritize myself, and to realize that I have a lot to offer the world, and it's time for me to show up differently and start really offering it. So that was a real turning point. And from there, I think this entire journey is has really taught me that I have the opportunity to create my own life here, to make my own magic to create whatever opportunities that I want to have for myself. And those are life um, lessons and beliefs that I want to pass on to my daughter. And hopefully everyone who tunes into this show will be inspired by that as well. Just that you can create the business that you want to have. You don't have to let it happen to you. And there have been times in my business life when I've let it happen to me no question. And then I've realized it and I've, I've come back and I've, uh, you know, recentered and refocused and I, it's a priority to create the business that I want to create and to make opportunities happen. And that goes for my personal life as well. Like I want my daughter to know that she can achieve her dreams, whatever dreams those may be, she can go for it. She has everything within her to create the future that she wants, just like I have everything within me to create the life that I want. And really, I mean, life is a work in progress all the time. It's always about um, this internal dialogue with myself, with uh, the people that I care about. And it's about creating just this, the life that I want to have. So I, I think I think for me, like uh, there was a, this moment in conversation that we had had. Um, it must have been several months ago. You're in you're in Colorado. You're in a new space, and you said, you know, and and you're 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 trying to you know you're meeting people. Uh, there's this there's this acting group. I think I might be interested. I think I might join this group. And I remember thinking, never me. That would never be me. But it's so you, and that you should go for it. And instead of, like, seeing the opportunity and just kind of, like, letting it pass by, you just went for it. Like, you just jumped right in, 
And now, um, and it's it, from what I've seen on all your pictures, things have been going really well. So can you talk more about taking, like, taking opportunities when you see them? Yeah, for sure. That's, um, this acting class uh, has been an amazing blessing for me. And my daughter is very involved in that. And I saw the opportunity and I just said, okay, I'm going to do this thing. And those people here in Colorado have really become my soulmates here and, uh, my kindred spirits. And I'm so thankful for them. And that's one of the most important, uh, lessons that I've learned really is just when you see the opportunities in front of you, you've got to grab them, grab hold of them, take them by the reins and make them into whatever you want. So that is, oh my gosh, we're almost to the end of the show here. I can't believe it. Lori, thank you so much for being with us today. And everybody that who's been listening, thank you so much for joining us. I want to make sure that you guys that are listening connect with Lori by searching for Hook, Line, Tinker online. And of course, please make sure to connect with me. Just visit francisleary.com or you can click on any of the links to the right on your screen. And... Um, Make sure you stay uh, tuned in next time as well. So for now, you have been listening to The Social Hour. And next week, um, we're going to be diving in and talking about more about what social communication really is. And for now, I'm going to send you off with one of the songs that I wrote with my band Stone Throw called Magic Crayon. And it really is about creating the future that you want. And the future is magic. You just have to create it for yourselves. So take care, everyone. We'll see you next time on The Social Hour.
for being a part of the Soul Soulful Hour. Please be sure to join your host Francis Leary again next Thursday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. This week make a soul soul connection with your audience.